0: No House Advantage is taking a different spin on daily fantasy sports by offering player prop contests across all of the major sports for cash. It's an awesome new fantasy sports platform that's leveling the playing field and making it easier to win uh, than the traditional fantasy sports apps, which can be kind of confusing sometimes. Download the No House Advantage app and check out our daily player prop contests without having to make a single deposit. Play in public, cash, prize, Cool. Contests or create your own private contest with friends. Use promo code EDGE E D G E when you're signing up, and if your first deposit is at least ten dollars, you're going to get a free PFF Edge annual subscription. So it's ten bucks, then you get a forty dollars subscription for free. Just do it. It's easy. It's the best way to get an Edge subscription because you get it for ten bucks, uh, and the cool thing is that they'll match your first deposit up to twenty dollars. So go to No House Advantage. Uh, and download the No House Advantage app, use promo code EDGE. When you're signing up and making your first deposit, you'll get a match and an Edge subscription.
1: Welcome in to the PFF Daily Betting Podcast. I'm Eric Eager. I'm joined here by our college football betting expert, Ben Brown. Ben on his solo podcast last week gave you four, what, derivative bets that went two, one and one. And I gotta say, the one that lost, the Georgia State under, I think it was a bad beat, Ben. Um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna give you more credit for that than your than your record suggests. Green Line itself, we had a terrible week in NFL, but we had a we had another winning week in college football. We've had a winning week every single week of college football this year, with the exception of one week where we lost half a unit. So uh, we were up 2.8 units on closing lines this week, um, which is great. And that was with losing some games that had value midweek. I was on Seth Galina's podcast, uh, our college football expert. And he said, what game I liked. I said, I like Hawaii plus four and a half. Well, that game closed three. Hawaii wins outright. Looked great. Um, so uh, this has been a really fun season of college football. Um, even with the big 10 showing up, we had Rutgers plus I think three ten to win that game outright against Michigan. They win that wake forest was another plus 300 or more uh, bet that basically saved our positive day. So it was a very, very fun week uh, and we get uh, some more games uh, this coming week. That I know you're excited about Ben.
2: Yeah, I mean, we got 46 games on tap, 21 teams in our top 25 ELA rankings are in action. So, I mean, there's quality matchups throughout all conferences. I think the one conference that's maybe taking, uh, you know, their time off, I guess they don't have any top 25 matchups is that ACC, Clemson, of course, taking on Boston College, where I think we have sitting closer to that 38-39 Uh, ELO ranking range, so I don't know. I'm pumped for it, though. I know Greenlight in general has been hot to start 2020. It's nice that we've kind of, you know, had a pretty good uh, go of it here so far in 2020, so I'm ready to uh, keep the good times rolling at this point in time. The the spreads, the money lines, things like that coming up on this 46-game slate are kind of Wide, I would say for the most part, I think we have 32 games where there's a Moneyline favorite at minus 200 or better. So uh, there's definitely going to be some opportunities, uh, probably taking a few dogs here at, you know, pretty decent positive price numbers that I think could uh, offer some value here. So let's dive into it.
1: Yeah. And, and just, uh, you know, we have two games on Thursday. Don't see a ton of value in those. Now that, now that uh, Marshall FIU has been canceled, we have three games on Friday, um you know there's not really a whole lot of value in those games we kind of like under in minnesota under uh in the hawaii game as well um but we're really you know sort of moving in here kind of going full full steam ahead on to saturday ben what's the first game um that you want to talk about
2: yeah let's go Boston College Clemson here I know uh you know Clemson kind of struggled a little bit against Syracuse last week didn't necessarily look that great didn't end up covering I think it was like a 48 49 46 point spread uh at the closing line so we actually had Syracuse as a play last week obviously I didn't feel too comfortable with it we like Boston College here again at a uh, plus 31 I know Phil Jerkwick he's kind of he's kind of a plucky quarterback he's played pretty well. Um, Positive EPA is graded really well for us. Kind of, you know, slings the ball downfield just a little bit. uh Higher percentage of positively graded throws than Trevor Lawrence. So I think that they're going to be able to at least, not necessarily win, but probably at least <laughs> keep pace with Clemson uh, to cover 31 points. What say you?
1: Yeah, I'm, I mean, I, I think there's a little bit of a chance that Clemson. Feels embarrassed by last week, or, uh, you know. I, I, I was texting with my um, you know, my favorite Syracuse alum, uh, Seren Petro friend of the friend of the the, the company here and uh, we you know I was like okay I, I'm gonna get uh, you know Syracuse a plus 47 man, plus 46 and he's like man you, you seem like an idiot and I'm like you know then they cover <laughs> the game fairly easily we also had the under in that game and the under almost hit and that was it's pretty funny given that you know you had specialty you had defensive touchdowns by Syracuse as well Syracuse far worse team I mean Boston College beat the brakes off of Duke a team that went into Syracuse and beat the breaks off of Syracuse like Boston College, Jeff Halfley, former defensive backs coach for the San Francisco 49ers friend of PFF um, I think he'll have the Eagles playing competitively in this one. Uh, Clemson's wide receivers have not done all that well this year in man coverage so uh, expect this game to stay closer than 31. It's going to be a sweat but all these games that have the big spreads are sweats. Clemson hasn't really covered any of them with the exception of a couple weeks ago. Um, I believe, you know, they, they, they cover against Miami, but they also have, what, like a 70-point blowout or something against right. Georgia Tech. Those have been basically the games that they've covered, but they've also had difficulties with, you know, uh, you know sort of the, the um, what is it, the Wake Forests of the world. So And I think Boston College is far more on Wake Forests' level than necessarily on Syracuse's level. So give us Boston College here. Here's one that I like, Ben. A team that we've been on a lot this year. Actually, two teams that we've bet on and against a number of times. Right. Uh, Virgi- West Virginia Mountaineers.
2: Yeah, I mean, at we've home,
1: been... laying three and a half to our Kansas State Wildcats, a team that we've liked a number of times this year. Ben, what say you on this one?
2: Yeah, I mean, I've kind of liked the way Kansas State has responded after the Skylar Thompson injury. I think Will Howard's playing uh, pretty well. I would say he obviously doesn't throw the ball as deep uh, as Skyler Thompson was starts this year. I think is. Average depth the target right around 10 maybe a little short of that but I don't know I backed Jared Doge early in the season with West Virginia they didn't come through for us I think the very next week we basically were fading them uh, that actually did get home thankfully so West Virginia is kind of a team that we've been back and forth on but I kind of like being on the opposite side of them coming up here on Saturday I do think that that's kind of the way that the initial market is leaning um, in general so I definitely like Kansas State at plus three and a half Um, I think that's probably the viable play coming up here. And I think that, you know, our ELO rankings have these teams, you know, switch basically than what the betting market has. I think we have them fifth overall in the Big 12 for Kansas State, seventh for West Virginia. So we're getting the better team, getting points. I'm not necessarily buying too much in the home field advantage situation for West Virginia. So I think this is probably should definitely be a spread that's within a field goal. So anything, you know, pushed out past that, getting that hook at three and a half, I do think is definitely a playable option here for Kansas State
1: here's a game that I kind of want to go to on Saturday. And I don't know if they're going to let me in. I'll wear three masks, frankly, (laughs) but the Memphis Tigers plus seven going to our Cincinnati Bearcats. Explain this to me because obviously Cincinnati is a force. And, you know, we were on SMU last week. We, I think regretted it almost immediately, even though Cincinnati let them back in a number of times and, you know, SMU just couldn't overcome anything, but, but, The Memphis Tigers just beat UCF. Like, they're... Are we talking about another caliber of team here? I don't understand why Memphis is getting seven points in this one.
2: Yeah, Memphis has been, you know a little odd they did obviously have you know the great game against UCF I think the week before they basically lost SMU I think it was a two-week break basically so they've kind of been back and forth but they did beat a good Temple team last week who I you know like as well this week so just from that perspective um I do think that Memphis is probably a pretty good team we have them second overall in our ACC rankings Cincinnati first overall but um you know when we're looking at our opponent adjusted grades i think we have these switch basically the bearcats are eighth overall in our offensive opponent adjusted grades uh memphis basically has the best offense according in the co- conference from our perspective so i think you're getting the better quarterback in brady white i think you're getting you know oh basically a touchdown favorite t- touchdown spread um to back you up against memphis so i'm gonna probably fade the Bearcats once again I know it was obviously not a great play last week but I do think that we're hopefully going to get home uh this week get Memphis to cover kind of continue on because I do think that they're going to be able to keep this within a touchdown spread
1: let's keep the AAC it like sort of on our minds here so you talk about Temple Temple's my probably my favorite college football team just because when I was first at you uh at PFF I did all the Temple games in the world I think their uniforms are amazing um but I also like Tulane speaking of great uniform Um, But we have the Owls here getting for in New Orleans against the the Tulane Green Wave, Anthony Russo, veteran quarterback, Michael Pratt, a uh, freshman quarterback. Is that kind of the reason why Temple is the side we prefer here?
2: Um, For a lot of reasons, I think. I like Anthony Russo a lot. Um, He was kind of actually... I actually remember writing up Temple's over in 2019 preseason. They did get over that seven and a half total, but I've kind of been a fan of them ever since. I know you kind of pointed me in the right direction of them uh, doing all of their initial college games for PFF when you first started out. But um, Temple... Five, three places better in our ELO rankings than the Tulane Green Wave much better offense I would say the defenses are kind of comparable um so getting the veteran quarterback who I would say is having a decently better year I think Michael Pratt's a little bit more uh, downfield threat Anthony is just a little bit on the short edge um as far as average depth of target I think he sits just below seven in that regard so he has had a lot of positively graded throws um but I think that you're getting the better quarterback here with points. So I definitely think that that's the side that you like temple, uh, I was plus four again, even if they are at home plus three and a half, I think it's moved down to. So I do think the market kind of likes, I think I just just saw that a little,
1: bet a little temple. Just if it gets down to a flat three, you're probably better off on the money line. Um, if you still like temple, I just took a little bit more temple, Ben, uh, because looks like it's
2: moving in that direction already. You might as well chase
1: it. it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Okay, uh, and then lastly for these uh, AAC games, the UCF Knights at the Houston Cougars. Houston, interestingly, blew the brakes off of Tulane. Got played a somewhat competitive game against BYU. Who I'm a li- I, I'm trying to figure out what BYU is because I think they're good, but I also they they struggle to cover against UTSA. Like they're or they didn't cover against UTSA. They almost lost the game outright, and like UCF, I know they've lost some games, but they just have so much potential to go out there and just pound other teams. And Clayton Tune, you're talking about his like second year-ish as a starter, uh, sometimes in, you know fairly impressive at times. But Dylan Gabriel and what the UCF Knights have going for them, laying two and a half points, I feel like that's the side. That's got to be the side, yeah.
2: It's got to be the side. I know they're a little banged up at wide receiver for. UCF, But that's, um, I think they're starting to get healthy. I think train next and potentially will be back here. I can't get a really good read on Clayton too, and it's kind of my issue uh, with this spot. And, you know, the high total, basically 82.5. We're not going to see too many numbers get up in that situation. So just from that perspective, a lot of points being scored, uh, you know, anything can basically happen. It can, it can potentially come down to whoever has the ball last. So that's what makes me a little nervous. But I think if you're laying, you know, anything under a field goal spread for UCF, I do think they're the right side. I would take them. Their offensive ability over the Houston Cougars. Um, I think they're the better team overall. Of course, they've had decent amount of struggles on the defensive side of the ball um, to start the season, but I do think that they're still probably the right side here, and I do think that the market kind of agrees with us. Um, I think we have 67% of the cash on UCF to start the week, 56% of the tickets. So it does seem like bigger betters are probably laying, um, you know, that less than field goal spread on UCF, which I do. I would definitely be siding with at this point in time.
1: Okay, let's move on to the Big Ten. There's, there's a couple that make absolute, complete sense to me, and then there's one you're going to have to walk me through. Um, here, The the one that I love, the one that I bet already, I think I'm going to bet it until I can't anymore, Indiana goes on the road to face the Scarlet Knights. I've seen this at 12. I was able to get it at 12. Let's say 11. It, you know, that's what's on the site right now. The Scarlet Knights went on the road as 10-point underdogs last week, one outright against Michigan State the indiana hoosiers like are, are we getting swept up in the story because they were outgained like 2 to 1 by penn state right they you know they had like obviously the the i wouldn't say lucky but they had like the the really like you know uh quintessential play at the end of the game by michael penix um rockers at home here favored by or sorry underdogs by more than what they were underdogs for, you know by on the yes. road against michigan state like what are what's going on here
2: yeah i mean i think we have a decent amount of value on ruckers and honestly i like michael penix jr i know obviously it was a battle for them last week but i do think he actually kind of came through uh their epa tells a completely different story they obviously weren't a very efficient offense but i do think that he's capable um, of kind of carrying the team shouldering their load and that's kind of what he did towards the end of the game last year so 11 points i think that a lot of that is tied to um a previous understanding of Rutgers. so it depends on how you're evaluating them based on uh you know one game sample size here in 2020 which is some of the difficulty i think with handling handicapping the big 10 um you know through the first week of the season now we have a little bit of data is is the is the correct move to side with ruckers who came off of really solid performance or to you know kind of Lean more on your priors, which is what in Indiana was basically before the season, where we, you know, obviously liked Michael Penix a lot, thought he was a good quarterback, and didn't necessarily show that coming up here um, in Week One for Big Ten. So that's that's kind of where I'm at. I I don't think I feel as great as you do on the Rutgers side of the ball. So what do you what what are you liking about this game what's actually jumping out on your from your perspective
1: well I I got it you know Michigan State wasn't great obviously yeah. and there's a, ch- a huge chance that they're not very good um, although I don't want to be smirched the name of Cole Brown our, our former colleague who now is a, <laughs> a, a I believe the defensive backs coach or maybe wide receivers coach for Michigan State um but I feel like there's more to take away from going on the road and dominating a team than there is you know basically being at home and, or they were, were they at home i can't remember if, if uh if indiana indiana was at home or not but like basically squeaking out a game in which you had one good drive you know you you, you didn't move the football game you depended on a lot of mistakes by your opponent and um you know and, but it was a game that everybody remembers right so people are going to rush to bet you right like uh, right. that's to me is kind of like where i see the leak here and, and so i'm going to fade that narrative um Okay. See, my issue is
2: I'm kind. Of, I kind of like Penn State, so I was mainly a little bit more impressed with what Indiana was able to do. Um,
1: well, that's that. That's this next game after this. This one I'm going to talk about because I just want briefly tell me. That, let's not take too much time on this. Purdue, um, kind of a boring game against Iowa. Game went under. That was awesome. Uh, we had the under for Green Line. They're going to Illinois. Illinois is now seven point underdogs in this game. Um, Brandon Peters, kind of a veteran quarterback, hasn't really played all that. You know, has it? You know, played okay last week um, against yeah. Adrian McCon- uh o- O'Connell, uh, who you know they were pretty poor last week on offense. Um, you're grabbing seven with Illinois just based on value
2: alone. It has to be at this point. I mean, obviously Illinois didn't show very much against Wisconsin. They kind of got rolled right away. Start the game, never really recovered. So I think yeah, seven points a little bit too much uh, in this situation. I mean, these two teams are basically only separated by two rankings in our Elo system. So. I don't know, I'm I'm probably fading the market a little bit here. Um, I think everyone's gonna be backing Purdue. I don't know, I would like to see you know, the Rondell Moore injury situation, I think concerns me on the Purdue side of things. So that's maybe one more reason why I kind of lean towards Illinois, but Illinois could easily just be a really poor team. And we're probably still holding too much to our preseason priors on them, which, um, you know, may not be correct at this point in time, but I don't think their defense is necessarily as bad as they showed against Wisconsin last week. So that's kind of why I'm uh, expecting them to at least be able to keep it within a touchdown spread here um, in Illinois at home coming up here on Saturday.
1: Okay, I'm just going to briefly talk about this before I get to the game that I'm a, the most nervous about. We like Texas on the road against Oklahoma State, t- getting the exact same amount of points that we liked Iowa State getting right. d- getting last week. Iowa State gets through the back door. Brock Purdy, I think, mostly looked like trash in that game, unfortunately. Um, but we ended up getting it done. I think Texas on balance is better than Iowa State. Maybe not defensively, but they can put up some points. Um, so I, I like that pick as well. But let's talk lastly – about one that's got me nervous. The Ohio State Buckeyes, Justin Fields, missed one pass last week. <laughs> They're going on the road. Penn State just lost to Indiana. Penn State's getting 11 and a half. Sean Clifford, actually his grades look fine from last week, so I'm a little bit worried. You know, right. His average depth of target was very small, but the PACR, the, the air yards that are converted to passing yards, pretty high. Um, is this just uh, – you know i can be convinced that this is just you saying look like the fundamentals were there you know it's very much a colts jaguars week one where the better team lost despite over outplaying the worst team and it's time to back up the truck and buy into them the problem i have with that is that college football teams like sort of quit after they lose their first game sometimes so yeah get get me on penn state here what do i need to what do i need to be seeing here
2: i mean i don't know if it's ever going to be comfortable basically to Backing uh, anybody against like the one or two best team in the country, I think at this point in time, Uh, Justin Fields, I think, is basically depending on how you break it down, one A or one B to Trevor Lawrence. So obviously he was you know next to perfect and his week his weekly debut uh, basically uh, in the Big Ten. So backing or fading that sort of situation with a team that just lost on the road um, as a pretty decent favorite is never going to feel that well but i do think that uh, it is an opportunity to probably buy low i do think the spread probably would be close to you know nine and a half eight and a half seven and a half if we uh had a much better performance from penn state so we are getting just a little bit of decent value crossing that key number 10 which i do think that penn state at home should potentially be able to uh hopefully keep it within range but i mean the thing is, is like we still don't have a full understanding of home field advantage especially at the college level at this point in time Uh, I don't think that Penn State's gonna have any fans in the stands so from that perspective I do think that there's really um you know not as significant of a lean or great feeling about how Penn State actually performs here on Saturday because like you touched on I mean they if they lose that first game or if they win that first game they have a lot more to play for already coming up here in this Ohio State matchup the fact that they already lost it uh you know it could be pretty much hitting the reset button on their season already and kind of going home or something so that's what makes me a little nervous i don't necessarily feel that great about it either so um, it might be a spot where we just trust the model and go with it or you know you can always take just a little bit of action on penn state's money line and uh try and get a decent right. hedge at some point later on in the game
1: yeah yeah for sure um now Weather in Penn State, 44 degrees, but there's rain basically all week at Penn State, you know, in State College, PA, um, and then a little bit of snow on Sunday. So maybe there's a, a chance that weather mucks this game up. I know there's some value here, a little bit on the under, but that that certainly does play... You know, Ohio State's defense wasn't very good against Nebraska. I mean, Nebraska no. moved the ball up and down the field on them, despite not having much in the way of a threat passing the football. I could be convinced to like this game, um, and, and you did a, I, I think, a fairly good job of doing so. Um, ben, where can people find you on Twitter? Your your Twitter is way better than your follower count. So let's pump this up. I know. A little I bit.
2: need to. I need to. I need to get. I need to get out the, on the tweets a little bit more. Pff underscore Ben Brown. But yeah, I got to make. I got to make some more Twitter plays. I don't get on there as frequently as I should be. My Twitter game needs just, I guess, maybe just a little bit of work. But yeah, I'm trying to keep my follower count up above my tweet count, which is going to be, you know, a difficult task here pretty soon if I don't, uh, if I start bumping out some of those tweets. So we'll see. But yeah, you can definitely follow me, PFF underscore Ben Brown. We do, you know, a lot of college content, some DFS geared stuff as well. Um, I got to get more active during the games. I did learn, you know, a few tips and tricks from the veterans at PFF to kind of get everything rolling in time. So it'll be good. I'm stepping my game up at this point in time. Ben,
1: Ben, the the recent, uh, the recent recipient of a, of a nice little payout on DraftKings. I think this is our week in college, uh, as as college has been basically break even so far for our our fantasy purposes. But I think this is the week we have a ton of data on a lot of teams, and I'm really excited for for what that can bring. The buy low model, um, again, one of Ben's great, uh, you know, sort of uh, tweet contents. Uh, you know, for the end of the week, so uh, I'm really excited. That, you know, college football has been so much fun this year. We didn't think we were going to get it, and I, I'm pretty pumped that we are consistently get it, getting it week to week. So, um, for Ben Brown, this is Eric Eager, and you've listened to the PFF Daily Betting Podcast.